Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand to your feet with me just for a moment? Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, today we just are so thankful for your provision over our lives, your provision for our salvation. Lord, for your provision of Go ahead and mute everything else. Hallelujah. Not me. There we go. Telling you the devil likes to get into that sound system. We're just going to be patient. Let the Holy Ghost just come. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your provision of the Holy Ghost in our lives. Lord, that you've poured out from on high. And Lord, today we just return our tithe, we return our seed. Lord, and we just thank you, God, for your goodness. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, amen. 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 Go ahead and have your seats, please. Still ringing up here. Hallelujah. Just a little note at the beginning. Yes, I am preaching. I know, I know, I know that, I know that some of us are thinking. I'm telling you, it'll be okay. But seriously, you have a schedule, you got to get out of here at some point, you're always able to just, it's really not a problem if you just got to go. We do try to break at certain points, like before ministry time and things for people who do need to get out of here. We understand that you can't, um, or you haven't scheduled yourself necessarily to be in church for hours. You will eventually, but not, not, not today. I understand that. I understand that. And so I'm just I'm communicating sincerely today that if you, need to, if you need to do something at some point, please do it and just make sure you come back. Thank you, Lord. Well, we're going to dive into just the Word of God today. We're, we're obviously happily obligated to dive into the book of Acts and to just dig around for a few moments in God's precious word. You know, you make space for the Holy Spirit and he comes and he's honored. And I want to say that today we want to, I mean, our goal is to, to honor the Holy Ghost, but I mean, that's our goal every, every week is to honor the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit in turns turns our attention to Jesus, who in turn turns our attention to our Heavenly Father. And today, you know, just this historical celebration of honoring the outpouring of the third person of the Trinity. You know, in many, in many respects, today is 
sort of the anniversary of the church. I mean, in many, in, in terms of it's, it's the church's coming out day. <laughs> I mean, obviously, when Jesus rose from the grave and breathed the Holy Ghost, we know that salvation began to take place and upwards of 500 people before Jesus ascended back at the Father's right hand had encountered Christ. And we even believe that 500 at one time had encountered and believed in Jesus. But, but this, the day of Pentecost was, was the church's coming out. And let's just, let's kind of, for those of us who are not aware, and I mean, Pentecost in historical context was, it was the celebration of the harvest. And so no mistake that the day of Pentecost was the day that the Holy Spirit was poured out upon all mankind and upon all flesh. Equally, and maybe, you know, that sort of coming out aspect of that day when those, all those thousands of people were drawn to what was happening on that day of Pentecost in the upper room being significant of, again, the celebration of harvest. It was the day of celebrating the harvest. It was the outpouring of the Holy Ghost that in turn produced the very first public harvest of the gospel being preached. Those 3,000 people on that day of Pentecost was, was, it couldn't have been more appropriate for those 3,000 to be drawn unto salvation on that day of celebration of the harvest. Both Jews and, and Gentiles certainly in that crowd, but as we'll begin to see today, this outpouring that took place separately both from separately from salvation as well as separately from the Jews to the Gentiles. Let's go ahead and read some scripture today. Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4, and just get your Bibles out or get your devices ready because we got a lot of scripture to read on this special Sunday. When the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, 1, had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire in one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You know, here they were in this upper room that day, 10 days removed at this point from Jesus's ascension, not really knowing what to expect other than that they were to expect the promise to be poured out into their lives. 
It's interesting when the Word of God tells us that, that on the day of Pentecost that they were all there gathered together. You know, that's, that's interesting because when Jesus ascended, there was 500 or so that we can see in, in 1 Corinthians in chapter 15, verse 6, where it says, And after that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some has fallen asleep. So there was, we believe to be this 500 together actually was on Mount Olives when Jesus was actually given that, that final sermon, that final resurrection resurrected pre-ascension sermon that was giving them the great commission that was giving them their final instructions that was telling them to go and wait in jerusalem 500 people there gathered to hear this sermon and to watch as jesus rose slowly it appears and disappeared in the glory cloud that we've seen all throughout scriptures that God, Heavenly Father, and His glory cloud just came and just sort of just encompassed Christ as He rose and ascended at the right hand of the Father. Now we're 10 days removed, and that 500 people, it's sort of like reverse church growth for a minute, just for a minute, because that 500 people, 380 of that 500 people got distracted. It only took 10 days to get distracted. 10 days. I mean, they just got finished hearing the greatest sermon of, I mean, of course, all of Christ's sermons. How can you separate one from another? But from the greatest preacher of all time, our Savior, and it took them 10 days to get distracted to where they weren't in the upper room on that day of Pentecost because the scriptures tell us there was 120 people, but the scriptures also tell us that they were all together didn't even include the 380 anymore because the 120 was obviously the number that it needed to be for that day of pentecost to come and to be poured out for whatever reason 120 was god's number for that day and 380 of them were nowhere to be found that day it's not that i'm saying for a moment that their their faith was not real or they didn't believe that ascended christ but they just weren't there on pentecost day so when the holy ghost was poured out this is when the suddenlies of god begin to happen the holy ghost being poured out in this 120 it's it's one of the first time we can kind of get this glimpse of what happens when the Holy Ghost God shows up on the scene. It's the suddenlies of God. It's when suddenly, when children go from, <laughs> I love what Dyson said. I, I don't know exactly what he said because I was not paying attention. <laughs> but I knew that it was God because suddenly the Lord just put his hand upon him. And though he might have missed the words, it really was not even important at that moment. Because God just came and touched. You see, when the Holy Ghost shows up, he can, he can turn things around very quickly. Suddenly, things can be changed. In just a moment 
of time. Let's keep on reading as we're getting to now. What I really want to get to today is, is um, Acts chapter 10 in just a few moments. But let's keep on in Acts chapter 2 for a moment. We're going to go to verse 11 now. It says, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed. Everybody say perplexed. What is, y'all's, what is y'all's version? So this is the New King James. Anybody have a different version out there? What is They were all amazed. Does anybody have a different word for perplex out there? Puzzled and what? Puzzled and bewildered. Has, does that fit anybody's, anybody's description of you ever when the Holy Spirit started moving either in your life or in, a, in an environment where you were? Puzzled and bewildered. It's, it's actually a very common thing because it's, you know, we get so used to being so natural and walking in the natural and just looking in the natural and seeing in the natural that when, when the supernatural, which is the realm in which the Holy Spirit operates and when the supernatural breaks out among us, it's natural to be a little puzzled and confused. It's natural. It's natural to not completely get it or to completely understand it at first. But what we need to begin to to download into our hearts and into our spirit is that we are, once we walk and come into relationship and journey with Christ, that we're actually called to be supernatural beings. We live and we walk no longer by what we see, but the just walk by Okay, faith is not what we see, but it's what we don't see with our eyes. It's what we see with our hearts. God was a little merciful on this first outpouring because he not only poured out the Holy Ghost so that he also affected their senses with the wind and the fire and with the tongues that began to come forth, there was, a, there was an, a complete inundation of every part of man on that day when the Holy Ghost was poured out. And you have to know that it's the same reason why Jesus had to show himself for 40 days. He says for 40 days he went and showed himself to give infallible proof. Well, in the same way, on that day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit poured out by Jesus on that day came and presented infallible proof also that he was filling and accepting and empowering and transforming and sending the church to accomplish the great commission of the Lord. Verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, he raised his voice and he said to them, Men of Judah, Judea, then all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God that I will pour out 
my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on your men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heaven and signs on the earth. Has any of that been happening recently? Wonders in heaven and signs on the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then Peter said to them, going to verse 38, Repent! Repent, and let every one of you be baptized first in Jesus' name. Be baptized into Christ. Be put in that bottle called Christ for the remission of your sins. And then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Look to the person next to you and say, the gift of the Holy Spirit. What a benevolent giver our God is he is a benevolent giver he is a generous giver you see when we start looking at the brand of giving the the beneficent brand of giving that actually this brand of giving highlights the giver versus the receiver In other words, the gift of the Holy Ghost was and is for the purpose of magnifying and highlighting just how generous, just how kind, just how trustworthy our Heavenly Father really is. It's it's breaking into a completely different type and kind of giving. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Yes, Christ's sacrifice and his gift for all mankind was one that was needed and necessary for the gift of salvation to come into our life. But look at this. When you start talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit, it's this word, it's and I, I pronounce all Greek words wrong, but it's Doria. I always, I'll spell them and give you the number. It's D-O-R-E-A, Strong's 1431. Does that help at all? Great. I'm glad that that helps you. But here, check this out in this Greek word. When you look at this, this word gift, it actually portrays the idea of gratuity. It, it portrays the idea of being additional Two, be an additional two. Go look it up, Strong's, 1431. Gratuity, being it's a gift, it's like an additional two what was needed for salvation. Here's the thing. The gift of the Holy Spirit in regards to the promise of the Father being poured out upon our lives to empower us, to transform us, to be gifts unto the church, to operate in the gifts of the Holy Ghost. This is all extra 
that the Lord has made accessible to every single one of us. Extra, think about it. Think about it, just like we were in baptism class this morning, talking to the, the four or five kids that are getting baptized today. And, of course, we always talk about the thief on the cross. And thief on the cross, he wasn't water baptized. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. But you know what? He also wasn't Holy Ghost baptized. The gift had not yet been given. Just had not, just the time, he just, you know, his time came sooner. Nonetheless, today you will be with me in paradise. That is the requirement for paradise, for heaven, that we look to Jesus, that in this case, that crucified Jesus and that being crucified Jesus, in our case, the resurrected Christ, that the same way the thief looked to that being crucified Jesus and said, remember me, Lord. We look to Jesus and we say, Lord, remember me. And Jesus says, you got it. And he writes her name down in the book right there. Okay, you, you are remembered. That's, a, that's one book that doesn't get stowed away and forgotten about. That book of life where all those names that look to Jesus and say, Lord, remember me. But now this coming out party of, and that's really saying it way too lightly, this this historical, changing, directional, shifting encounter of the Holy Ghost being poured out upon all mankind. This was God saying, you know what? You don't need this for salvation, but you need this for to be a victorious people. You need this to be a powerful people. You need this to be a people who go and move in the gifts of my spirit. You need my spirit, my promise poured out in your life. I don't want to know what life would have been like. We, we certainly don't. We know what life was like without Christ. Can anybody remember how miserable life was without Christ? Can anybody say, thank you, Lord. I equally don't want to know what walking with Christ would be like without the gift of the Holy Spirit poured out in church, upon the church. I don't want to know. I don't, I don't want to know what it would have been like to be saved without having the power of the Holy Ghost filling me personally and in those in whom have the opportunity to be under this ministry, I don't want to know what it would be like. I can only imagine, and, and some of us can only, when I say I can only imagine, some pictures pop up in your head right now of some people. Don't, don't call their names out. But God wanted to give a gift to us because he is a benevolent giver. Not only did he give his son who lifted all the heavyweight, we could say, literally. He poured out the promise, this additional gift upon our lives so that life, so that walking with Christ would not just be just holding on. 
waiting for the, the sort of pie-in-the-sky type of salvation, saying, oh, if I can just hold on a little longer, then I can make it. No, he poured out the gift, the doria of the Holy Ghost so that we can be victorious, so that we can enjoy the journey, so that when people look at us, they don't say, oh, there's another lemon-sucking Christian. But they look at us and say, my goodness, the joy and the peace and the purpose that that person has in their life. And it's all to the credit of the Holy Spirit being poured out as the gift of our Heavenly Father. Acts chapter 10. Okay. In Acts chapter 10 here, we can see that as the first outpouring was poured out on the Jews, 120 men and women, all of Jewish descent. Now in Acts chapter 10, verse 44, the quick context is this is when Peter was called to go to Cornelius' house. Understand who Cornelius was real quick. Cornelius was a, he would have been what we looked at as a commander in one of the branches of the, the armed forces. He would have been a man who was, was loyal to that service, that branch of the service whom he served. He would have been a commander that was over a hundred infantrymen. And strangely enough, he was a Roman. He was what they called the, Ital- the Italian regiment. So he was kind of on this little special, he was kind of over this little special hundred men armed group. And strangely enough, he had become tired. Though he was a, known to be a faithful commander and he served Rome faithfully, he had become tired of all of Rome's weird ways when it came to their, their gods and their sacrifices and, and their, you know, their living and their immorality and all these things. He'd become tired of that because this Roman commander who stood in the presence of, of Rome's royalty, he was a devout follower of the one true God. Now understand, he wasn't a Christian. He wasn't a Christian. Cornelius was not a Christian yet. He was a devout follower of Yahweh. He actually, as a Roman citizen, so we think, he went and sat in the synagogues, in the the part where he was allowed to sit. And he was able to hear and listen, and he learned the way of the Jewish God, Yahweh. One of of the, the fruit of him being a devout man was that he was very generous. It's funny that even, even this, this Roman, you know, 
sort of confused. I'm, I don't, I, I want to, I'm going to serve Rome, but I'm going to follow Yahweh's teachings. But he knew that generosity was a way to live. And the angel said, your prayers and your alms, your generous giving have risen before the Lord. God took notice of this devout man prayers and alms because he had a heart that was open to the Lord. Peter shows up, and that's where we are now in Acts chapter 10, verse 44. Peter shows up, and when Peter shows up, and we'll get to some of the details of Peter showing up, but it says in verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter. Remember that for a moment. Because the gift, everybody say the gift, the gift. that doria, that, that gratuity of the Lord being poured out in our life, the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Why did they know this? What was the proof? What convinced them? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, <clears throat> Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And then he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. You know, when Peter got this, got this vision and he saw in the vision, the vision of the sheet, and he began to come, he was a man who was very cautious. I mean, Peter was funny. Peter was like a man that would constantly stick his foot in his mouth. Is there any Peters in the room? Any, I just want to know who you are real quick because I'm a Peter. Right, we only got a Peter section. You see, all the Peters sit together. Oh, well, we had one Peter over here. You're in the wrong section, dude. You got to be over here. All the Peters. There's no Peters over here? Nope. All right, there y'all are. I knew y'all are. Y'all are closet Peters. You've got to come on out. Just admit it. Just admit you're a Peter. I'm a whore. I am a great Peter, man. I can just like, boom, foot insert into mouth on a regular basis. So Peter had that aspect of him. But watch what he does here. When he was called through a vision to go to a Gentile house, by law, he would have been required to bring two witnesses, maybe three, if he was going to do something that was going to be called into question. Two or three witnesses. Peter's like, ooh, we're doubling that. He brought six good Jewish brothers with him when he was going into this Gentile Roman commander's home. He says, you know what? Okay. I got a vision from the Lord, just happenstance, this vision finishes, somebody at my door, when the Lord just sort of lines everything up in your life and things happen, don't go, oh, that's just a coincidence. Open up your, your understanding, just soften your heart just a little bit so that you can, you would be led by the Holy Ghost so much more just by simply stepping out just a little bit more in faith. Because it's not always just going to like, you know, line up exactly like, I mean, this one with Peter. I mean, Lord knew how stubborn Peter was. 
Okay. Vision. Door knock. Okay, send him. I mean, it's like boom, boom, boom. And he does that for us as well. Peter, before he goes, he says, okay, you. Uh, no, not you. Uh, you. Oh, yeah, you're a, good, you're a good Jewish boy. You. You, you, you. You come with me. Showing that, I mean, he was obeying, but he was being obedient and cautious all at the same time. And he gets there and watches, watch what happens. When the Holy Ghost, when they heard the word and the Holy Ghost fell, look at what happened with all those six that came. Verse 45, and remember what we talked about earlier. They were what? Astonished and what? They were, before they were amazed. I like puzzled and confused. Well, I like that one. They were perplexed. They were amazed. They were astonished. They were puzzled and confused. Well, you think that's, oh, that was just a one-off response. Oh, let's see. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished again. As many who came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Ghost was poured out on the Gentiles also. There are so many things that, that shifts at this point in the Word of God that we're celebrating today on the day of Pentecost. If there's, if there's any part of Acts that applies to each one of us in this room as so much more directly, it's this story and it's this point in the history of the church that most affects us sitting in this room. Because at that point, it all shifted because Peter was in the home of a Gentile, which is all of us, and Peter's preaching, understanding that the first outpouring came after a period of waiting. Maybe just like, we don't know what we're waiting, but we're just waiting. Second outpouring came at the mouth and the obedience of a man who was already baptized and at the preaching of the Word of God. Bap Holy Ghost baptized man at the preaching of the word of God and it didn't take long because as we're going to see in, in chapter 11 here in verses 15 and 18 in Acts, just go over one chapter in Acts and I went over two chapters, it says as I began to speak, I mean Peter was like and Jesus was resurrected and boom. I mean, I don't know, how do, you, how do you translate that? As I began to speak, Jesus whom God anointed Jesus as, boom! That was the sermon. Holy Ghost, preacher shows up at the house, and he says, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, as upon us at the beginning. And they wanted to, at that point, they were certainly going to begin to begin to just defy and ask questions. And Peter says, then I remember the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them, that's us, thank you, Lord, gave them, referring to them in the third person, gave all them. If God gave them the same gift 
as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus, was I then to withstand God? Verse 18, this is their final response, the council. Now Peter's in Jerusalem having to give an account. This is when those six brothers that he brought with him came in handy. When they heard these things, they became silent. And they glorified God saying, then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance in life. It's like, it's like the time with Jesus and he's, he's healing the person that, that's lame and he goes and says, your sins are forgiven. And everybody's like, oh, who is this who can, who can forgive? He's forgiving sins. He says, what would you prefer for me to do? Would you like me to say, rise up and take up your mat and walk? Or would you prefer me to say, your sins are forgiven? You know, tomato, tomato. Sins forgiven, pick up your mat and go for a stroll. But since you'll know, so that you'll know that I am the Son of God, rise up, take up your mat and go home. In the very same way, now the proof of acceptance that salvation was brought to the Gentiles was when the Holy Spirit fell upon the Gentiles in Cornelius' house and that council said, well then the Gentiles are welcome into eternal life also. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is good news for you. You don't want to know Christian life without the gift of the Holy Ghost. Trust me when I say that. You don't want to stay. You know, it's like when you go to a restaurant. You can go to a restaurant, a nice restaurant. You can bring your family. You can have a nice meal. That gratuity, in most places, is optional. That's why I love Asia. <laughs> they don't tip in Asia. <laughs> I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? Sorry for all my waiter friends and all. Y'all know that I've, it's true. They get paid more, my wife says. Thank you for the rebound there. Whew, I got myself in trouble real quick. I saw tomatoes, tomatoes, or whatever start to fly at me. I said rocks earlier. I said they're going to throw rocks, and Gabe looks at me and says, Dad, tomatoes would be better. I, I said, okay, we'll go with tomatoes, not rocks. All right. <laughs> but I'm feeling rocks as well. No. And you go to that restaurant, you have a nice meal, and you leave without giving that gratuity. You know, it, it, and maybe it was a, your prerogative. Your prerogative, right? But you know what? You might not want to go back to that restaurant and sit at that table <laughs> with that server another time. You know, there's two things that a, that a server in a nice restaurant never forgets. They never forget a good tipper, and they never forget the one who doesn't tip. <laughs> But here we are. God on his own accord, he gave us his son for salvation and he poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit as that convincing proof in our lives. Just like when Solomon's temple on that day of dedication, how did they know that God showed up? The cloud of glory and the fire of God showed up. 
Just like on that day that Elijah was there and Elijah was there and he was there with the prophets of Baal and they were there with their sacrifice cutting and dancing and making complete fools of themselves trying to worship their God and Elijah just gets up and calls upon the name of the Lord and with fire he just comes and and sops up the offering the water and everything the fire of God is the proof in our lives of God's acceptance and God's power and God's love for the church we have to be a people and I know it's at the point where I normally end from week to week but it's Pentecost Sunday, so I'm asking for a pass today because I want to read one more scripture. Acts chapter 19. If the proof is not enough yet as we go through the outpouring upon the Jews and we go through the outpouring upon the Gentiles, let's look at that great leader that one who's gone before us, Paul, and how he conducted his ministry in regards to the gift of the Holy Spirit and his emphasis upon it. In Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 7, it says, And it happened when Apollos was at Corinth that Paul passed through the upper regions. He came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. Interesting word right there. Paul finds this group that he was searching for. He came there looking for disciples, looking for Christians, and he found this group, and he said to them, the very, the very, the very first thing out of his mouth, did you receive the Holy Spirit? The very first thing. The very first thing. Once he found these disciples, the very first thing, I think he, oh, Paul's a little dogmatic there, a little radical there. Paul, come on, start with, start with Jesus, walk him through, God anointed him, and death, and resurrection, and well, Paul thought they were disciples. They had the look of disciples. They had the talk of disciples they had the appearance that they were disciples but but it all went downhill real fast when they looked back at Paul and they said we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit (laughs) unfortunately this is the case oftentimes I mean, we could get so stuck on just just talking about God. And we can say God in such a universal context that people don't even know what we're talking about when we say God. Are you talking about, you know, this God? You're talking about that God? You're talking about this God? I'm talking about God. Well, that's why we, we are Jesus people. That's why Jesus said, when you've seen me, You've seen the Father. That's why we present Christ. That's why we don't present our church because there's, there's thousands of thousands of them out there and, and there's many that are good and there's many that are not. We don't present our church. We don't even presume that our church is the best church or the one. We don't presume that at all. We present Christ. Amen. We present Christ. But Paul, nonetheless, goes straight to the Holy Ghost. Yes. 
we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Anybody being baptized can go ahead and get ready. We're going to go straight into baptism in just less than five. Well, as long as it takes me to run next door and do a Superman. Let me finish reading this one passage. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? And they said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John, John's good. <laughs> That's what Paul said. Paul said, John's good. I like John. It says, John's baptism was one of repentance, saying to the people they should believe on him who comes after. That is on Jesus Christ. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they immediately and firstly became believers in Jesus. But look at what immediately took place after this. Paul then laid his hands upon them and the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and they prophesied. And now the men who were there were about 12 hear me today right when a person gets saved gives their life to jesus is the best time to introduce to them to the gift of the holy spirit obviously there are some of us in this room today and hearing my voice that we might have missed that window and that's okay just because we all don't fall into the same category doesn't mean I'm not going to say the category that, that is the better category. It's the best when somebody believes, when our kids are believing in Jesus, we begin to teach them of God's gift. We begin to lay hands on them for God's gift. When people are coming to the altar and adults are coming and giving their life to Jesus and being baptized, we're laying hands upon them and we're believing that, oh, Jesus, that you would pour out the gift of the Holy Spirit in their life. The sooner, the better. The longer, the harder. It's not that the gift is not as available or they're waiting for us, but for whatever reason, when you start getting your intellect involved, when you start judging in the natural and you start getting some bad experiences tucked into your back pockets, all of a sudden, things become more and more complicated. So we just need to throw it off. Like Dyson and like all the other children that testified a couple weeks ago, let's just throw off the weights. Let us once again become like little children. Like on the day of Pentecost, they were waiting like on the day in Cornelius' house, the preaching came and, and they were hungry and they, their receivers were on. Man, they were ready. Are your receivers on? Are you filtering everything that I'm saying through your religious filter? Or are your receivers just on, hearing, hearing the word of God? hearing what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you. And in like matter, Paul, he just comes and says, what about the Holy Spirit? And he prays. I ask you that today. What about the gift of the Holy Ghost in your life? In Jesus' name, amen. This is what we're gonna do today. We got a whole, we got a whole arsenal of things we wanna do.